I, I didn't hit the go live. Oh, shit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rad Religion Broadcasting premiere podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! And here's your host, Robert Winfrey. Yay! Yay! We get a double up on Damn You, Hollywood today because we didn't want to do a triple feature after we all got done with these two and decided that a watch of Home Sweet Home Alone might instigate mass suicide. Okay, so that's part of it. Like, like, like everything on this network, it's complicated. It's like it's like a relationship. Um, Is the, it the part of the part of it was uh, my son was really like anxious to watch Home Sweet Home Alone, and uh, he had just watched Clifford the Big Red Dog, and I knew that I knew that he was going to watch. We're going and we were going to watch together Eight Bit Christmas, and I'm like, well, that's three movie for three family movies all around the same time and my son's been dying to do more of this stuff so i was like okay you know what what if i spare the two adult men having to sit through the disney plus home alone reboot we thank you for it merry christmas happy hanukkah um and i like and i'll just do those with my son as a separate triple feature and then that leaves army of thieves and red notice i said if they i mean we would have left it a triple feature had either one of you wanted to do the harder they fall or something along those lines but yeah. neither you nor ronnie uh really jumped at that one so like okay well now we're down to two movies that's not a triple feature um let's kind of restructure the format a little bit and we'll do red notice and army of thieves as a damn you hollywood uh, so we don't really need a money or a new segment because we've got two movies to do. And that's really, that was the math. Yeah, essentially that was the math. Speaking of math, uh, Ronnie Adams may or may not be joining us for this particular podcast. So he says, we'll just he, have he, to wait and see. He says he's running late, so he can, um, you know, he'll, he'll catch up when he catches up. As I said, may or may not. We'll find out as we go along. So, Mark... Why did we decide to do these? I'm just, <laughs> this came about kind of, I won't say completely last minute because that would be an exaggeration, but these were kind of loosely like on everyone's radar, but I don't, but you know, we just kind of decided only a couple of months ago, I think like, yeah, you know what? Why not? Um, ah, speaking of Ronnie Adams, there speaking he is. of Ronnie Adams. All right. So a couple of things. One, why are we doing this? Uh, they announced Red Notice like a year ago. Yeah. And th this was a big deal feature motion picture that The Rock uh, was working on with Ryan Reynolds and um, and Gal Gadot. And originally this, I think, was slated to... You know, I think they, they had The Rock's production company, and I think they were just looking for a distributor... And then Netflix kind of swooped in and said, hey, we're spending up to zillion dollars on original content, movies and television yeah, shows. Yeah, we are. So um, given given the state of 
production at the time, um, the, the state of filmmaking at the time, like, you know, I think this is somewhere around the pandemic. They were like, you know what? It, let's take let's take the guaranteed money from uh, Netflix and, you know, and we'll get a good run there. Whereas if we try to wait for a more traditional distributor and try to get this into theaters on a wide scale basis, we may lose our shirts. And given how they were either going to have to wait a year to release it or they were going to lose their shirts. One of two things was going to happen. Guaranteed. Good so, grief. They spent $200 million on this. They sure did, Ollie. How you doing, Ronnie? What's up? So the long and the short of it is um, Netflix needed original content. They needed a distributor and guaranteed money. There was no good theater market to release this into without having to wait until 2022 or 2023. And the film was going to be ready well before that. Um, so that was why. So this is basically the kind of movie that we would have done normally. It just happened to be on Netflix. As for Army of Thieves... It wasn't one I was paying any real attention to. I mean, it's a prequel to, um, uh, what do you call it? Army of Zombies or whatever. Army of the Dead, uh, which we reviewed earlier this year. And they're making a whole cinematic universe out of that. So technically, it, it uh, jives with our wheelhouse. We tend to do the big franchise movies. But this is this was definitely one of those one of those movies where my thought about reviewing it were, I have a podcast where we delve into this sort of thing, so I guess it's the sort of thing I have to delve into. Other than that, I would never have watched this. And after having seen it, I'm starting to reconsider my life choices. Fine. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club, Mark. I've been here for quite some time. So, Ronnie, had I uh, not told you about Red Notice and Army of Thieves, were these movies that you would have watched of your own volition? Uh, Red Notice was on my on my radar. Army of Thieves, not so much. Um, I mean, I liked Army of Are the of the Dead. For, you know, it was what it was, but I wasn't real interested in Army of Thieves because, I mean, it already had zombies, so why do something else? Well, uh, it's, it's almost an entirely different movie, and not even yeah. almost. It, it is an absolute. It is one. One's a zombie flick. The other one is a is a heist movie, and the only connective tissue is that it's in that universe with one of the same characters. It's like, what an idea for a movie. Hey. This cast of characters that we have, the big beefy wrestler guy and the hot girl and this person and that person. And what if we did it about the nerdy safe cracker as an right. elevator pitch? That's kind of a GFO out of my office. You know what I mean? Um, Could be. So I, I just but, you know, I guess Zack Snyder got a blank check from Netflix and said, hey, if we give you an unending amount of credit, how many of these nonsense movies can you make? And they and he went all of them. <laughs> as long as you got the money, honey, I'll keep making as many stupid movies with the same, you know, with the same series of characters as you want in this universe. And Netflix said, we don't care. We have an infinite shelf. So here we are. Well, I mean, he wasn't even really involved in it, was he? And he has partial story credit and production credit. He has partial story credit because he created the characters. He has production credit because... I could be a producer on this stuff. Right, but if net but net, he doesn't make Army of Thieves if Netflix doesn't come to him and say how many more of these do you got? Yeah, I I, I reckon so. But right, uh, well, I mean it's just like, eh, you know, I mean mm -hmm. like I'm not taking up for Zack Snyder, but I'm just like that's why I wasn't interested in it either. Yeah. Because I see that his hand was not directly in it. Right. And, and not that I'm a, like a massive Zack, Zack Snyder mark or anything, but you know, if the original person wasn't in it, Mm -hmm. involved in it, I, i'm like eh. it's like coke and new coke 
yeah, look, the last thing I'll say about this and then Rob will jump into is um, we're going to start with Red Notice. Rob will jump into the premise of Red Notice. You know, it in the weekend that it came out amongst whatever other movies was were coming out at the time, it was the talk of the town. Yeah. Th this was, you know, for as much as things matter when they are bubbling up in social media, this was one of those things. So so here we are. <laughs> well, welcome to <laughs> welcome to talking about social media things, Robert. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? I'm mostly a robot. <laughs> All right, tell me about Red Notice. All righty, Red Notice. We start out following The Rock, who is allegedly a profiler from the FBI. Over in, where did they start this? Italy, I seem to recall. Rome. Uh, Rome, yeah, so Italy. Tracking Ryan Reynolds who is one of the great art thieves going in the world. The Rock is consulting with Interpol because the FBI has no jurisdiction overseas, naturally enough. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in the process of trying to steal one of the fabled eggs of Cleopatra. These are three extravagant jeweled artifacts that he wishes to collect because, well, reasons we'll find out shortly. They confront him. There's a chase through the museum. Bit of a fight, an aborted car chase, which made me laugh. <laughs> Why did it that make you really laugh, funny. Robert? It made me laugh because Ryan Reynolds jumps on a moped and heads off down the street, and The Rock jumps into a fancy, I think it was a Porsche. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if it was a Lamborghini or a Porsche. One of those Porsche. two. Okay. He jumps into this car, starts it up, and the Beastie Boys starts playing. And as soon as he Wait, drives, what, it, what song by the Beastie Boys? I don't know. They all sound the sabotage. Same. Come on now, you what know kill, what that was. What What kills me? What absolutely hurts my soul <clears throat> is that you and I got into an extended argument over the very same song that okay. drove David to the point of to the point of drinking. <laughs> and wanting to end the podcast between the two and you and it mattered so little to you that you cannot retain even that much information about it it's I, the same damn song i but remember it, hang on i remember the argument i remember the band but i can't tell beastie boys songs apart they're all the same generic crap so but it is the same song okay <laughs> i believe you it's sad. That's why I laughed as hard as I did. It's not like they broke into intergalactic and he crashed the car. He, it's this, it's sabotage. And I was like, oh, Rob, I couldn't get the full phrase. Robert's gonna hate this before he crashed. Before and he then goes, I, yeah, before he drives into an intersection, is T-boned by him, <laughs> and the song stops instantly. Yeah, I laughed. Like, the song goes, I can't stand it. I don't think they got to it before he crashed. Hopefully. That's why I laughed is because it was. I was like. All right, that's that's a cool take on the on the whole cop chase scene. Well, that's the thing. Sabotage is probably one of the most overused, like you know, action hero. This is why we, we were screaming about it in Look, Star I, Trek I, Beyond. I, I just blame J.J. Abrams for all of this. Continue with your thing. I just, but it breaks my heart that you care Look, nothing of me or my podcast and can't remember any details. I Rob remember, can tell you. Rob can I remember tell you the, the fine. The, the finer movement of a punch from a fight a hundred years ago where there were no cameras. But he remembers nothing we talk about. I remember, look, I remember our debate about the Beastie Boys. I remember me saying they haven't been relevant in the pop culture in my lifetime. And you going, you son of a... <laughs> Rob, I just want to know, Ronnie, can you see my heart breaking? I, not over top of mine. 
If we go, if we go frame by frame, we can actually pinpoint the moment where your heart shatters. It, it really, I, I don't even want to continue with this podcast now, but we shall, we shall move on. Look, the moment made me laugh. I'm not <laughs> denying that. I'm just it, saying, look, you, you play, you ask me to name a Beastie Boys song. I'm not sure I could. You asked me no, to tell me. I didn't to ask you to name Cookie Puss. Okay, I asked you to remember the very same song that we've already had this argument okay. over. I'll, okay, sure. All Beastie Boys songs are sabotage. I will accept that particular premise, and we will move on. That's no. <laughs> God <laughs> dang it! You know, Robert, take me home and eat me. Yeah, go for it. Continue. Contextually, I assume that's the that's the name of a song by the Beastie Boys. The Brass sounds... Mother Freaking Monkey. Uh, he doesn't. And that's not a thing. <laughs> he, he's, just let's move this on. We'll end up having. We're twelve minutes into this podcast, and the next forty-five minutes will be screaming about the Beastie Boys if this doesn't stop. So go. Look, look, that must have been some like terrible riff on that awful Brendan Fraser movie, Monkey Bone. <laughs> I okay. swear to God, I'll License quit. to Ill precedes Monkey Bone by several years. Please okay. move on. I will take your word for it that all of these are real things. Mm. Uh, so they are able to catch Ryan Reynolds at his home anyway, because the rendering the entire thing moot, because of course the profiler knows where he's going to be. Bad dialogue. He gets arrested. The egg is stolen by Gal Gadot, who is a competing art thief known as the Bishop. Uh, he is then framed by Gal Gadot as not, so, uh, the rock is then framed by Gal Gadot as an imposter. He and Ryan Reynolds are sent to <coughs> hard labor in outer Siberia, where they are then visited by Gal Gadot, who essentially lays out the plot. We have the three eggs of Cleopatra, two of which are known, one of which is unknown. And there's a billionaire in Egypt willing to shell out $300 million if someone is able to present all three to him on the day of his daughter's wedding, where he cannot refuse a favor asked of him. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds apparently knows where the third egg is and this is what's causing all the problems he refuses to divulge the information he and the rock stage a break out of prison they had to abduct the second egg from an arms dealer they are once again bested by Gal Gadot uh, they escape they head to the jungles of Argentina Pretty sure at a point where there isn't actually any jungle, but I'd have to double check the geography of Argentina. Where Hitler's lost bunker and his treasure is. I'm sure they ran into Tim Kennedy along the way. It's an obscure reference no one will get. <laughs> they find the bunker. They find the egg. They are ambushed by Gal Gadot and more goons. They all escape. Where after which it is revealed that The Rock and Gal Gadot were actually in cahoots this whole time, setting up Ryan Reynolds to get the third egg. They go to Egypt. They pass off the third egg. Ryan Reynolds shows up and goes, yeah, I was able to con you a little bit too. So how about all three of us team up? And The Rock initially says, no, you annoy me. The audience cheers because it's the most relatable thing The Rock has ever done. Gal Gadot says, but there's, a se but there's potential sequel money, honey. And The Rock goes, I do like money, so sure. They evade the authorities, which is Interpol that has continued to chase them, and set up shop to try and heist the Louvre of something. Mark, I believe you said in our group chat this is the dumbest movie you've ever watched. <laughs> it's up there. I'm not sure I could put it at the very top, but boy, is it up there. All right, Ronnie, we'll start with you. Um, what did you think of Red Notice? What is Wasn't your bad. craft review? 
I went into it with the thought of, hey, this is going to be a fun little heist movie. Uh, it was, honestly, the twist at the end. I didn't really, I'll be honest, I didn't really see it coming because I didn't think it was going to be that smart, quote unquote, of a movie. But I mean, like, I, it, it is what it is. I mean, like, uh, I didn't have any high, you know, Oscar nomination you know aspect or dreams for it or anything like that so i was like you know this could be this could be fun this could be like a good little popcorn movie to, to watch at home um and well, i mean it's out at my theater too and i'm like no uh i don't want to pay for that but uh it, it was it was fun i mean i, mean, I laughed uh, at it and i was like oh hey that's pretty cool with the, the twist of Yao Godot and the rock being together and i was like of course they both you know it was just like I said. It was what it was. I, I wasn't expecting anything massive, but it was pretty fun. In a parallel universe, The Rock and Gal Gadot make a baby, and that baby grows up to me, Selma Hayek. I don't know how you no. arrived at that because <laughs> they're gorgeous, wonderful, appropriately skinned people, and and like <laughs> skinned people. Gosh, and, and Selma Hayek is the most. Is the most gorgeous woman on the planet in the history of the universe. I'll, I'll go so with that. Like, love. If you take The Rock's best genetics and Gal Gadot's best genetics, you would get Selma Hayek, who is, you know, God's perfect creation. You are a gross human being. What? I, I don't know. To be said. I don't. Well, yeah, but I don't know how that relates to what I just said. In any case, I, I said three. I said three people. Three pretty people were pretty, essentially. Um. Anything else, Ronnie? Uh, no. I mean, other than like Ron Reynolds does what Ron Reynolds does, and Oof. The Rock. Do- oh, stop! <laughs> and The Rock does what The Rock does, and yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know he punches people hard. Ron Reynolds punches people with his mouth, you know his words hard, and it was just it was fun. I enjoyed it. Okay, um, couple Gal- of things. Gal-, Gal Gadot can kick really high. Yeah, she can. Yeah. She um. Can. Uh, okay, so- Mark. Since you're not normally the one going, this was too dumb for me. I want. I would love you to go next. Oh, I'm going to. I uh, I didn't hate this movie, but it came close. Um, for the first ten to fifteen minutes of it, I actually was really enjoying it. The initial uh, Ryan Reynolds parkour on the scaffold thing, I really, really liked. You know, the rocks opening scene, all of that. That first initial chase. Uh, everything pretty much leading up to The Rock finding Ryan Reynolds in, I think it was Bali, is great. And I really don't have a major problem with it. I mean, my only criticism is something I'm going to criticize the entire movie for, but let me get there. The first 20 minutes of it are like super solid. And I and I thought like, okay, well, if the rest of the movie is as good as, as, good as this, this is going to be really great. I'll have, I'll have a lot of positive things to say about it. However, um, from the point at which they both end up in Siberia on... This got too stupid for its own good. This was one of those movies where, and I think I had this, I had, I know I've had this complaint about the Joker's plan in the Dark Knight, and I can't remember what we were talking about or I brought that up. Might have been one of our old, more recent old reviews that I've posted. Um, but I, I might have been like, it might, it might have been actually James Bond that we were talking about this, where I said, for, in, for all of this to go right, the person has to assume all of these other elements. Are going to work as as perfectly planned or you or none of this works and you don't have a movie and that and i just got 
the action in this movie, there isn't enough of it, nor is it good enough to hold up how the plot, if you think about it at all, completely unravels. That's like my big... And, and the twisting at the end where The Rock was secretly working with Gal Gadot, who knew they were being set up by the FBI who set up the CIA. I, I was like, I again... It feels like they ran out of plot. They ran out of things to do with these people. And they were like, but what if The Rock and Gal Gadot are working with Ryan Reynolds? But then what if Ryan Reynolds turns the table? And it's like, and it just becomes a lot of nobody watching this is going to examine this movie with any detail. So who cares? We can do anything we want with this, which is, which is true. Um, so it, it does not survive any kind of actual scrutiny. If you're just passively enjoying it, it's fine. But for me, the um like i said the action sequences after the initial chase aren't all that great i you know it felt it felt very generic it felt and i've said this about a couple of movies recently where it feels like not b level but kind of video store level average generic action stuff which for a 200 million dollar movie starring the rock and ryan reynolds i feel like you should get a little bit more bang for your buck i it's actually don't don't think Gal Gadot had enough to do in this movie if you wanted a high-kicking action, you know, female action machine. I think she's, cr like, criminally underused. Um, also, whoever books Gal Gadot in their next feature, minimize her dialogue. The best thing about Gal Gadot is her physical acting. Her line readings need work. Um, it's not quite Gina Carano level, but, you know, she's up there. Um, I think she gets away with it with like Wonder Woman and stuff because the you know the, the the dialogue to action ratio is more more action than there is dialogue. What dialogue she is given generally, except for you know stupid speeches at the end, is minimal. Um, in any case, my my two biggest complaints about this movie is I was talking to Robert about this before we started tonight. It felt like there was no script. It felt like there was a collection of storyboards and then a lot of ad libbing and a director just going here's the basic premise of this scene go and then you have the rock who is incredibly adaptable and charismatic and personable and ryan reynolds all the same things and they're just doing shtick for 90 percent of this movie and it and bad shtick which leads to my biggest complaint which is i don't mind ryan reynolds but as i said to robert before we started tonight this was worse than deadpool and free guy combined he does not shut up for two seconds in this movie. And none of it is dialogue that moves anything forward. Doesn't move the plot. Doesn't give you exposition. He's doing shtick the entire time. A quip, a one-liner here or there is one thing. We all love that sort of thing. This, I mean, if you want to know like how, like what level of bad this is, this is worse than Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Like, I appreciated those puns. That Ryan Reynolds just won't stop to the point where even somebody who has a high tolerance for Ryan Reynolds stick was like, please shut up. I hate the sound of your voice right now. Um, and, and finally, and I'll pass it over to Robert. This thing is so bloated. I mean, people complain about like a three hour runtime on James Bond and Lord of the Rings and some other movies of recent note, you know, Eternals by comparison like this and this thing was only two hours i think i think it just hits the two hour mark this was interminably long for the amount of stuff they actually have in it. <laughs> it's technically um, under two hours at 118 it minutes felt five 
It, I, it really did. I'm I have never wanted, outside of a horror movie that was really making me uncomfortable, I've never wanted a movie to end faster. Which horror um, movie? Anyone. Um, <laughs> I think it chapter two, I was pacing the theater at one point um, to give you an idea. Um, That's fair. I, uh, yeah, this needed about a half an hour of the run. This needed to be a tight 90 minutes. This needed to be Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Instead, this this was just too long. Interminably too long. So, yeah, I, um, this was, I, I'll tell you, and we'll, get, we'll talk about it when we get to the Rotten Tomatoes. Like, the, people seem to have enjoyed it. The, the audience score is really, really high, but the critics are all slamming this thing. And I think for the first time in a long time, I legit agree with the critics. This is trash. All right. Good Lord. I'm Let, sorry if that's too negative for you, Ronnie. But no, it's just like I'm like sitting here wondering, did I watch the same movie? You did. I. We all. We, I don't we, think we, I did. No, we watched the same movie, but you you looked at it from the angles that you look at movies. That I looked at it from mine, and we came away with just different perceptions I of the movie. So, that's we, man, I, that's, I mean, like that's. But rough. that's why we're here in the group to share. All right, as the person on this. Maybe on this planet who hates Ryan Reynolds the most, <laughs> apart from one of his ex-wives. Um, it boggles my mind that The Rock had better banter and dialogue and chemistry with Sean William Scott, of all people, than he did with Ryan Reynolds. Because if you've never seen The Rundown, first of all, go watch The Rundown and you can thank me after. But it's the same kind of vibe that they're going for here, and it just doesn't work. Uh... I have a very low tolerance for Ryan Reynolds and what he does as a performer. So I was desperately reaching for the skip forward button on this movie multiple times. <laughs> okay, Ryan Reynolds is going to talk for the next 30 seconds and say nothing. And yeah. then he's going to talk for the next 30 seconds again and say nothing. And oh my God, he's still talking. Never shuts up. And it's really aggravating. I disagree slightly with Mark about the opening chase sequence, but I think that's largely down to personal taste. My sense of this is if you want to do a Jackie Chan stunt, just get Jackie Chan. Yeah, I don't know if that's fair. Of course that's, it's fair. No, that 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 How is that not I, fair? Because that's absolutely a preference thing. If someone's doing an homage or even an outright, you know, copying. I think it's more fair to talk about how how well it was executed, not that they did it in the first place. So okay, okay, fair enough. Then allow then uh, as a craft criticism, this isn't quite Michael Bay levels of editing for the action sequence, <laughs> but it's not far off. It's not impossible to follow, but it's a lot of cuts. Hey, um, real quick, real quick. So this guy's filmography, uh, the director of this, he wrote and directed this thing. Mm -hmm. Dodgeball, The Mysteries of Pittsburgh, Where the Millers, Central Intelligence, Skyscraper, and then coming soon, The Division. Yeah, that should tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> it really does. Even now, now I feel bad for kicking him when he's down. Don't. He made We're the Millers and Dodgeball. Yeah. That deserves to be kicked while he's down. Um... <laughs> Here's I like my dodgeball. You can like it. 
It's a perfectly acceptable zany comedy if you're if it's that if that's up your alley if that's it's up your alley. Comment of okay, clearly this wasn't written and directed by Martin Scorsese. This was written and directed by the guy who wrote Dodgeball. There are levels. So some of what doesn't work about this movie now makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, the entire middle of this movie is a mess. It's overly contrived. The dialogue is terrible. The action is, as Mark said, a bit too few and far between. It's a bit too derivative for its own good. And here's, I think, the other problem that this movie runs into. I had no problem predicting exactly what was going to happen after the first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, I watch a lot of heist movies because I like them. I like a good heist movie. I like a good con story. If you've never, if you like these kinds of stories, I highly recommend the television series Leverage, which is a great television series if you like con games. Uh, there's a number of great heist movies, but <coughs> if you watch enough of those and you pay attention to enough of those stories, or even if you just like Rick and Morty, because there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they utterly lampoon heist films, the entire genre. And That's if you've map. seen. If you've seen that episode of Rick and Morty, you could tell me exactly beat for beat what happens in this movie. And it's so it becomes a bit predictable in that respect. And that's one of the worst things that these kinds of movies can be. Uh, that said, the opening bit, I was a little bit mad on everything in the middle. I just wanted to skip. Then we get to the end and suddenly the in like. The Rock and Gal Gadot have the chemistry that they were trying to get out of Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. <laughs> like, these two play off of each other, and suddenly everything kind of works. And mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds, as the Charlie Brown of this outfit, is a much better role for him. So, like, somehow, bizarrely enough, the finale bit actually kind of worked for me, which I was shocked at. Like by this point, the movie has lost me so many times. I don't care. I just want it to be over. And then again, just the kind of the texture of this film for that last bit is suddenly like, Hey, why the hell weren't we doing this all along? Yeah, I don't you think there's a better movie here where The Much. Rock and Gal Gadot are in a race against Ryan Reynolds to try to get this last egg? If Ryan Reynolds is the heel, like if he's the jerk that pops up uh, intermittently to spew his verbal diarrhea and just be an annoying twat, <laughs> like that's a much better role for him. When when this is what is asked of him, he's better doing that than he was doing this. Um, yeah, I. If there's a sequel and they're clearly angling for one, and they might actually get it given the numbers that this has drawn on Netflix. Um, I would be actually a little bit more curious to see what they do in a sequel than what they did with the origin story. <laughs> I haven't heard any buzz that this is getting a sequel. Or um, I, I don't know for sure, but they they were pretty quick to announce this. Is like, this movie apparently did like the biggest opening film numbers for Netflix ever in terms of how mm -hmm. much traffic it drew. Sure. And given well, that I'm... it's Netflix, that's really all they need. Well, uh, you are, and I, and I don't mean to pick at you. This is this is a legitimate comment about about the world. 
you are an outlier when it comes to Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. I'm aware. No, like legitimately, there are no box office draws as individual stars anymore, but the closest you're going to get, one of the closest you're going to get is Ryan Reynolds. The other one might actually be The Rock. No, no, no. You have, first of all, The Rock is The Rock is a bigger draw than Ryan Reynolds. Two, I said one of the biggest, yeah, yeah. but okay. Look, let's not quibble. There is one last movie star whose name mm. draws money in the world. Right. Much but that the, I don't like him, it's Tom Cruise. Um, but you know, if you if you had to craft a top ten of people who had at least a fighting chance in a in a prospering movie, um, uh, in a prospering uh, movie market, Jesus Christ, theater market, uh, it's Ryan. One of those people is Ryan Reynolds. Like, he is, absolutely, he, he's top. He's pro. He's easily top ten, probably top five. Yeah, that that's what my only point here. So, yeah, like, if you that. don't have to, if you don't have to put on clean underwear and 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 go to see a movie starring either The Rock and or Ryan Reynolds, I mean, who in the world isn't watching this movie at this point? I mean, so I'm not surprised that an action movie starring one two of the most bankable male stars coming out of you know American Hollywood uh, was free to watch on Netflix. Like, of course, this thing had high, you know, had a high traffic. Uh, draw and and if it gets a high enough traffic draw then netflix will potentially green light a sequel and help finance it and maybe i don't know ryan reynolds says he needs a break from pictures and the rock is busy with 87 other projects yeah, uh, but I, I think I, again i I'm think not... patty jenkins just got kicked off a rogue squadron to do wonder woman 3 which will obviously have gal gadot in it Oh, if only Patty Jenkins wasn't doing Wonder Woman this time around. <laughs> just, just be grateful she's not doing Rogue Squadron. I don't care if she <laughs> look. Star Wars is already a minefield of look. Look, the star, the batting average for the Star Wars IP, not just big, not just big budget films, but if you take all of it into account, it's higher if you count the ones where they hit the person in the nuts with the bat. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we're we're still talking about a barely hall of fame batting average career well like career batting average if we're talking about that right. um anything else about red notice before we move on to rotten tomatoes um not really look if you want something to kind of passively be on in the background you could do worse than this but sure this is not a very this is not a well written script it's paint by numbers heist material as far as the plotting goes I'm going to say it's not terribly well acted, but I'm going to blame that on the director, not the actors, because I've seen the actors do better. Yes, even Ryan Reynolds, whom I hate, has delivered better performances than he does here. The director did not seem to care one iota what the actors were doing on camera. Yeah, I honestly think, like I said, I think a lot of the direction in this was a, a basic sort of framework of what the scene is supposed to be, and then... I don't know. So we were, I think what was it Clint Eastwood we were talking about who we confirmed only does two or three takes and then we're done. Clint Eastwood likes to keep a brisk shooting schedule. Right. Yes. I don't I, I think this guy was all first takes and that was it. Um might have been. Know, Wouldn't shock me. It's like you know, if there was only a second or third take if they needed it from another angle. Other than that, we're know. we're easily talking less than we're easily talking less than seven takes per scene. I would have there was guess. definitely no there was definitely no like follow up performance takes in this movie. There With couldn't the, have been. There's an exception to that, and I'm going to name it as the following. Anytime they just let Ryan Reynolds run rampant, <laughs> and they just at some point the director had to go cut PG thirteen Ryan. 
or, or or he just sort of has a spasm and now he's like now he's just like delivering lines from cookbooks and reciting poetry and they're like right somebody hit ryan <laughs> so push the restart button on the robot <laughs> ryan's broken someone go someone go uh tighten one of his screws hey we're gonna we're gonna move on from this but i do want to give ronnie the final word here <laughs> because we sometimes i don't know if you know this about us robert we get accused of being a little negative so i want to end on a positive note so what's what's the final thing you want to say ronnie you got what you asked for when you watch a Ryan Reynolds and Rock movie. Absolutely. This I mean I, wrong. I, I 100% agree with you. If you were trying to mathematically craft a movie to draw the biggest free audience you can with the least amount of effort, you it's red notice. You're absolutely Here, right, Ronnie. Here's my here's is- my thing. Here's my thing. I get it. I, and I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I'm like legitimately shocked that you all are like Oh uh, God, Ryan Reynolds just talk. That's all he does. What are you? What are you? What are you surprised he's about? Not this bad in other movies. I have seen he's him. Do, he was not this bad in progressively free guy. got worse because yes. because he found out they found out he can riff. He does have really good natural comic timing. Mm. He has, and he's a good actor. I mean, he's he's charismatic. He's got all this, and then he hit Deadpool, and then everybody shoehorned him in, into the Deadpool smart aleck. Uh, you know, Merc with the mouth. You, mm-hmm. you gotta everything. So, going, gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. So, if I may, Ryan Reynolds they, is basically Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp can't string two words together anymore. Yeah, no, no. Yes, he can. Here's the, the comparison you're, I'm making. Here is the following: Johnny Depp, very talented actor, decent in comedy, decent in drama. Then he does Captain Jack Sparrow, and from then to from now to eternity, everyone who casts him asks him to do Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, it's I called think, for I, or not. Yes, you guys are now both <laughs> saying the same thing. Um, let me. I'm going to go back to Free Guy for just one second. Free Guy was a tightly crafted movie, uh, very tightly scripted, and Ryan Reynolds was on script for that movie and actually plays a character. Yeah, and, and he this was, one, he's just he's Ryan good. Reynolds. I just, think that's what they just. I, I know honestly, and I agree with you. And I don't see it as a as a completely negative thing, but they probably mm-hmm. just said, "Hey, just just be you, or just be yeah." Okay, I want you Deadpool at a PG thirteen level. And mm-hmm. just just be that, and that's probably what they just let him have free reign over it. Okay. Which a lot of times, I mean, that's what you're going to get probably and with look, him. And I get it from, and this is the last yeah. thing I'm literally going to hit the music. For most mortals, that's acceptable. It grated on my nerves, and and Robert and get was it. already I, done with this Ryan Reynolds shtick, and this just made it worse. Eight years I, and, ago, and I'm not saying that you're you're wrong, or like I said, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to change your mind or anything. I'm just like, right, right. Hey. I mean, like. <laughs> Well, who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? Like, dude, like it's Ryan freaking Reynolds. I mean, like, I hope they just enjoy who he is. I hope Gavin Napier never hears this podcast because then he'll come for us both. And with that said, (laughs) what'd you say? Let him try. Okay, tough guy. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All righty, as you can see, um, Ronnie is part of that audience score that's at 93%, and Robert Winfrey and I are part of the 38%. Uh, this is one of those great movies where I, it's, um, well, 
given that we're going to be talking about the critics, Mark, mm-hmm. should we not express to them that we are giving them a free offer of software that would help them do their jobs better most of the time? I was going to do it after, but since you insist. <laughs> yes. The Grammarly. Outstanding. That when people try to cue me up for the plugs that I haven't written down the time because I'm not prepared is a wonderful thing to help you with that. Um, for you <laughs> listeners of Damn You Hollywood. They, when you don't help Mark, he gets annoyed that you don't help him. When you do help Mark, he gets annoyed that you help him. Help me in the exact manner I want, whether you know that's what I need or don't. Or, or, or God, I didn't know I was I married am, to you. <laughs> I, am, I am the only person on God's green earth who might be able to do that for you, and you know it. Uh, my podcast wife, Robert Winfrey. For you listeners of Damn You Hollywood who are really uncomfortable right now, Grammarly <laughs> is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting silent improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. All right, as I was saying, um, the critical consensus is Red Notice's big budget and A-list cast adds up to a slickly competent action comedy whose gaudy ingredients only make the middling results more disappointing. Um, that is a deeply ineffective way to convey that sentiment. I don't <laughs> know who composed that, but mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so uh, Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy podcast, posing as Christy Puchko of Mashable, says, <laughs> Ronnie, if you see me in person again, just punch me the first chance you get, okay? Um, right in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> there's turn off your brain and enjoy movies, and then there's this. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't disagree. Oh, no, not you. Not this guy. Not this guy again. Robert Levin of Newsday, top critic. No, not not this guy. A little bit further down, we'll get to him, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. If, you, if you're thinking about the same one I am, um, we can't we can't certainly. go we can't do a podcast like this and not talk about good old Kevin Carr. But oh, we going can't. back to Newsday, that 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 prolific uh, newspaper. You want to you want to do your shtick about print? No. Well, okay. apart from the fact that well, okay, hang on. Allow me to riff on the Simpsons one final time. <laughs> your medium is dying. That's all I wanted. If the director and actors don't seem engaged in trying to make a movie that does anything but hit a bunch of buddy comedy marks, there's no reason for an audience to bother. Yeah, okay, jerk. Look, <laughs> I don't like this thing. I'd rather people didn't watch it. Wait, but who in the world are you to determine that the audience shouldn't tune in for this? Like, really? That's next level pretension. Stick to, stick to talking about the craft. And his craft review, I agree with. But then he has to. Pretend that his opinion matters. It's because he writes for Newsday. Um, Russ Simmons. Uh, uh, I'm having an emotional in- whiplash right now. I just don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> Russ Simmons, complete of uh, KKFI FM Kansas City, completely in touch with modern America and the taste in movies. Red Notice should pass without much notice. Fire this guy. Fire him now. What yes. the heck, dude? What? I mean, okay. I don't care if you like or hate it. It's all your it's, if, if if it's all your opinion. Do better. You get paid for this. <laughs> this this like, would this, hurt my soul. The the biggest opening on Netflix. No one'll notice. This <laughs> one yeah, hurt yeah, my again. soul. Do you not read it news before you write things down, <laughs> sir? Let's well, watch had, this. I swear to God, is the next headline in in uh, in Newsday going to be? Um, oh gosh, 
this joke would have worked better if I actually knew my history. Who is it that they accidentally printed as the winner of the presidential election, Robert? Which Eisenhower time? and Dewey. Which time? <laughs> if, uh, if you mean if you mean uh, Truman and Dewey. Yeah, Truman yeah. and Dewey. Yeah. Harry right. S. Truman, who's not who does not actually have a middle name. It's just the letter the letter S. Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies. Every single complaint you're going to have is absolutely true. But I had a fun time. In this day and age, it's nice to just be able to watch a movie and enjoy it. This is That's not a review. This is piss poor criticism. <laughs> like, if your review consists of every single complaint is accurate, <laughs> but I'm going to say nice things anyway, that should give you pause, sir, about what you're doing. John Serber of Decider. Witless, lifeless, shameless, hopeless, useless, pointless. You proud of yourself there? <laughs> Did he just describe himself? Did he just... No, he's he's desperately trying to riff on the Princess Bride. <laughs> right. That, I, I didn't even get that. That's funny, actually. I look, that might that's probably me giving this jackass too much credit. I was gonna say uh, like yeah. You, you may be looking into things, seeing things that aren't there. Because this guy uh, doesn't look like he could type his way out of a wet paper bag. Probably has not. Probably is not aware that the Princess Bride is a book. <laughs> Jeremy Johns. JeremyJohns.com. I love me a solid throwback. Like, damn it! <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> Jeremy Johns of JeremyJohns.com. You self-employed loser. I love me a solid throwback, and for me, I was like, whoa! It's like 1999 all over again. Boy, is this guy going to have just glowing things to say about the Matrix movie in a couple of weeks, I imagine. You know what, what kills me is that guy's going to have millions of watches on his YouTube page. Utterly undeserved. Just saying. Um, also, I, I really do have to question how he arrived at the year 1999 in particular when talking about this film. Because that's what he was partying like. Can you go back to that guy and read it one more time for me? If you insist. I don't insist. Uh, you don't have to. You can tell me no. No, I can't say no to you, Ronnie. Uh, Jeremy Johns of JeremyJohns.com. I love me a solid throwback. And for me, I was like, whoa, it's like 1999 all over again. That guy wasn't his own boss. <laughs> I don't how, think he'd have a job. How is half of that sentence repeated words? <laughs> Dan Merle of Dan Merle Reviews. We hate you, Dan Merle. Why are these <laughs> Ronnie Adams of Ronnie Adams' kitchen? I can cook. <laughs> Ronnie Adams of Ronnie Adams' car. I can drive professionally. Just because you put your name on something doesn't mean you're you're okay. you're legit. Okay, so in defense of half of these assholes, they were all either part of Collider or Screen Junkies or both at one point. Which were not good anyway. Okay, but they got a lot of you they got a lot of views on YouTube. And that right now is currency in this yeah, world. True. And here we uh, are struggling to break even triple digits. Because night none of us have been on Collider blowing the people at Lucasfilm or on screen junkies that had a mildly funny premise with honest trailers and then got way out ahead of themselves. Moving on. Ocean's <laughs> Pretty sure they're pretty sure Sorry, they're Dad. Their skis are two miles back that way. That's how far out ahead of them they are. Dan Merle of jerkingoffhollywood.com. <laughs> if that domain isn't taken, Mark, you now have to try and get it. You know this, right? A million views on YouTube. Yes. Uh, I don't want to type it in to see. 
You don't don't want that in your search history. No. Ocean's Eleven meets National Treasure. None of my favorite movies of the year, but I enjoyed it. Again, that's a tweet, not a criticism. Moreover, I'm really sad that you that you chose the two easiest options when it came to team heists and ostensibly historical globetrotting. Just shame on you. Do better. Um. We'll find one more here, and then we'll we'll move on to <laughs> we'll move on to an equally forgettable movie. It's it's free. Uh, this is the one I wanted to read to you guys. Scott Tobias of the Reveal, top critic. Okay, best of the best, Ronnie Adams. This guy gets paid for this. He is a professional critic. This guy is among the vaunted uh, group of people who should know what professional criticism is. Are you ready? I'm, I'm going to bleed from the nose, aren't I? Probably. You might. Red Notice is not a movie. It's a $200 million existential crisis in blight. Look, you, buddy. You said words that, that, that <laughs> don't mean anything when you put them together. I hate you, and I award you no points, and I want you to go back into your cave with your neck beard and try harder. Sorry, I'm done now. Look, just just because this film may have caused this particular reviewer to have an existential crisis <laughs> about the about what they do and the value thereof, you, first of all, you'd think Ratatouille would have inspired that before because that movie actually features a segment where a critic remarks about the utter futility and uselessness of his profession. <laughs> that doesn't mean that's what the movie is. This is a... This is not an existential crisis writ large. I've seen those art house films. This ain't it, buddy. Probably should have right. this entire water bottle up with gin. I did not think we were going to spend an hour on this. So, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. Army of Thieves. Just go into the, uh, this is direct. Hang on. This was directed by Matthias Schweighofer. I believe this is, that's the same guy who stars in it. Yep. Okay. Um, screenplay by Shay Hatton and story by Zack Snyder and Shay Hatton. And this is a part of the army, as we were saying before, this is a part of the Army of the Dead universe. This is actually a prequel. And the final scene link uh links directly into Army of the Dead. Go, Robert, go quickly. So we open with the most relatable character that we've ever talked about. Sebastian, an unpronounceable last name, as he toils away trying to get traffic on YouTube. And boy, did I feel that. <laughs> well done, sir. This thing I've lovingly crafted and wanted to share with the world. I have thoughts, and those thoughts are about one listen. <laughs> all the zeros, all the ones. Wait, how does the hell of a boss po episode three review from nine and a half months ago have so many listens this month alone how was my son screaming about tom and jerry be the most listened to thing we did this year <laughs> moving we on don't, we don't know that's me i just keep going back and listening to it uh we we really don't know but we appreciate all of you who listen to everything that we do again our jokes aside uh he is a bank teller at a small in, in a small town somewhat small town in germany with a passion and in a uh a, Talent. and why am i he's uh an af affinity i don't know why i kept trying to say aficionado there affinity they derive from the same root leave me alone oh god <laughs> and an affinity for the cracking of safes he relates to us uh essentially the 
the plot that we're going to be following. There was once a famous locksmith who created four seemingly impregnable safes. Uh, one of each, all of which were devoted to the different operas that were written by the famous composer Wagner. They are, oh, I forget the names off the top of my head. I need to look that up. I got it. I got it. Oh, you thank keep going. you. You trying to pronounce some of the German will be amusing. I'm sure it will. Uh, anyway, he demonstrates his skill at an underground safe cracking competition where he wins a trophy and a couple of bucks. He is then recruited by Gwendolyn to, as, as the zombie apocalypse breaks out in America, they would like, her thought process is, this is a quest worthy of carrying out. These saves are about to be decommissioned, and no one will ever get the chance to try to break into them, and isn't that just a tragedy? So why don't you join our crew? We will break into the three that everyone knows where they are, because no one knows where the Gotterdammerung is. Spoiler, it's the safe they break into in Army of the Dead, so we actually do. <laughs> but come break into these three safes with me and my crew of and live in infamy as uh, someone who has accomplished something of legendary note. He's introduced to the rest of the crew. Second girl, fat driver, and wannabe Hugh Jackman, who goes by the American stage name of Brad Cage. Rheingold, Valkyrie, and Siegfried. Thank you. See, I got it. I mean, you, you pronounced them incorrectly, but we'll go oh with that. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the, the first one, the first oh. one, the Rheingold is at just a credit union. Right, how's that go again? Could you Rheingold. say it a little more pompously? I could if you'd like me to. <laughs> I believe what you just said was Rheingold. Rheingold. There it is. And he breaks into the Rheingold. It is located <laughs> under the credit union in France. I actually like how they shot that one. It's one of the, I genuinely got a kick out of that. But the next one they try to break into, the Valkyrie, is a lot more difficult. It's in a much more prestigious bank. They do, they're able to pull it off, but things go sideways. And at the end of it, uh, wannabe Hugh Jackman, Brad Cage, tosses our dear, lovable nerd, Freddie Redmayne. Sorry, uh, <laughs> couldn't stop thinking way, about him. If I had him. known you were going to do this in broken German, I would have insisted you do this podcast on video in tight black leather. Essent BDSM. I don't think I'm needed here anymore. So you don't. Nobody yeah, does. I'm, I'm I, gone. I don't know how you arrived at those two things conjoining. Have you met my brain? Yeah, <laughs> have but you even... seen Saturday Night Live? I mean, <laughs> no, not in at least a decade. Well, Moving on. That's what it happened, though. Uh, uh, after this, one of the the two other men in the in the crew decide that they just want to be done and set for life, and the two girls decide that well, really, it's it, it's the the nerdy guy that they should be with. So our two impossibly hot women decide to go along with him because the the quest is worth more than the money. I joke again. I, I take issue with the writing of this film. Uh, they are able to intercept the, the Siegfried as it is being transported away. Uh, they crack it. They steal some of the money. But in the process, pardon me one second. In the process, uh, Karina is captured. This is 
Uh, not Gwendolyn, but Karina's captured. There's a showdown between the other three that goes badly when things get physical. And ultimately, uh, Sebastian is sent off with a bit of the money to then wait out Gwendolyn's prison term, and they plan to go hack the Gotodamarung together. And that's kind of how this ends. It's There's bits of style in this movie that I found genuinely enjoyable. I actually did prefer this to Red Notice, I think, All Things Considered. It's a beautifully shot movie for what it's supposed to be. Like, you know... Well, it, hang it, on. And then our, our final sequence is actually lifted straight from Army of the Dead when Batista and his ex show up at his uh, establishment and say, hey, why don't you come rob this bank with us? And he sees his lifelong ambition and then goes on to die horribly in the hallway to the vault because we know what happens in that particular movie. So real quick, and then I'll go to Ronnie and then come back to me. I just want to say one thing about this movie, one really positive thing. It's not easy necessarily to make safe cracking look pretty, but this movie, that's its major accomplishment. Yeah. This is a gorgeously shot film in terms of the intricacies and clockwork of of safe making. And it's like, you know, as an elevator pitch, like I'd like to do a movie, I'd like to do a heist movie. Great. We love heist movies. They're always big money for us. Okay. But I'd really like to make the star of the movie the intricacies of safes. Okay, <laughs> I, I as an artist, I guess I, I can see why you seem to have a passion for this sort of thing, but I'm not entirely sure you're going to do it. Like, just give me a check. I'll it'll be done. And it really is. It really is. Well, there are no stars in this movie. That's one of my major complaints about it. Not a single A-list actor in this. This is all co-stars and B-listers, you know, supporting casts. It's like it's like let's get all the sidekicks from every movie and throw them into this. You know, this is the fucking Teen Titans of say uh, of. Uh, of of heist movies but written so much worse (laughs) um but the star of this thing the thing that you should be focusing on is is the one thing that truly succeeds 100 with it which is the cinematography the um the actual shooting of the of the safes but ronnie what did you think of army of thieves i'll be honest i didn't okay uh i it's okay i mean like I, I liked, I'll be honest, I liked Red Nose a little better just because... <laughs> I'm waiting for you to go, like, I like the money pit. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's a good movie. Not as much as the Burbs, but it was still good. Um, I, I liked... I liked it. I liked it okay. I don't know. I just... I, I, I think I had preconceived notions about this because I watched Army of the Dead. I'm like, does that really need a prequel? No, of course not. Yeah, and I'm like... So that doesn't even need... The- it doesn't even need the sequel it's getting. Or the, uh, you know, or the anime or anything else about it. I mean, you know, I, I could agree with that, but I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I guess I was a little biased against it, and I, and I couldn't let myself. I, this is one of the movies that, uh, that I, I, me, who constantly preaches just let it go, couldn't let it go, you know, and, uh, and just enjoy the movie. It was just like one of those things like, okay, whatever. You took the least, to me, the least interesting character in the in the Army of the Dead movie, to 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 lead up to this. You know what I mean? Um, and you know it didn't have Ryan Reynolds in it, so why watch it? <laughs> <laughs> but legit, like it's beautifully shot, absolutely. Which you know is one of those things where like I was not expecting the cinematography of, of this to to be that good. 
mainly mm-hmm. because the actor, the lead actor is also the director. And usually that doesn't go well. Yeah. Unless it's a seasoned, uh, unless it's a seasoned actor or, or someone who's been in the business for a while, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood or, or whomever, but it's, I mean, it was, it wasn't bad. I mean, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, I just, you know, I was really looking forward to, you know, the silly action movie that was rock and, and, and Ryan Reynolds. So that's what I was in the mood for, I guess you could say, I, I didn't maybe probably didn't give this one a, a, an honest, an honest try. I should probably go back and watch it again. So this one's over. Two, this one is over two hours. It's 127 minutes long. This That's the other long. thing that I, I had. I was like, uh, you know, yeah, this one on way too long. Yeah. This one could have been cut down pretty yeah. easily. I don't um, need, I don't need 30 minutes of them having a crappy house party after their first robbery. Right. Yeah. Really and I, and by the way, I totally agree with you guys that that red notice was probably about 20 minutes too long as well. I mean, so, go ahead. Let's get let's get let's get the action going. Let's get this going. Let's get the start the story rolling. So, um, that's what these that's what these movies need. I was thinking about like you know one of the things that got Venom a lot of uh, credit uh, is the it was the runtime. Yeah, from a craft point of view, people thought that it was a little bit too rapid, a little bit too um, yeah. you know moves a little too fast. But I think if you're running a theater and the object is to have as many showings on a screen as possible to maximize your profits, people loved Venom and that was an actual part of the conversation for some of the stuff that I felt. I, I tend to listen to a lot of uh, theater market podcasts and um, you know, that sort of box office podcast. And that was one of the things like, like there was a lot of posititive talk about venom because it was like, Oh my God, we could just recycle these, you know, all well, day can, long and get yeah, people you, in you and can, out. You can get a full other showing of the movie, depending mm-hmm. on how, depending on when your theater opens, if it's right. 90 minutes versus two hours, that iterated over a business, over a work, over a theater day. So I will we'll wind up to be another whole showing of the theater that you can sell tickets uh, of the show that you can sell sell tickets the ev- to. The evolution of movies and it's be, and it's gone and fast forward since um, since streaming has become popular is the average movie was ninety was about ninety minutes. Give um, or take uh, for for a long time, yeah, you, yeah. You, somewhere between ninety and like a hundred and ten. Yeah. On average, and that, and again, the you know the idea was you want to get these into your major theater chains. They want movies that are going to move quickly. They can recycle through screens. Um, they don't want two plus hour movies. But you know, so this is also why I think you know it was sort of a a handshake agreement you know between theater between production companies and theaters and the people that make DVDs and Blu-rays. What if we put in theater shorter cuts and then re-release them as, you know, we re-release them with extra footage, director's cuts, et cetera. We can, we can sell the X-Men three, three, four different times, you know, between reversions of the same movie. It's certainly the model Lucas was operating under with uh, the Star Wars trilogy. My point being that with the rise of streaming, no one seems to care anymore because now it, now it doesn't matter. Um, how many t- you know how long your movie is especially if all pe- if all people are going to do is watch it at home you don't have to worry about recycling through screens you don't have you know there's really not much of a consideration of how many times can we sell the same blu-ray to somebody you know that those are no longer big big considerations and so there doesn't and the reason I'm bringing that up is this doesn't seem to have had any kind of conscientious editing uh, in terms of what works for the story it just seems like it used to, you know, there used to have to be a process of having to kill your babies 
in terms of what scenes made it into the movie and what doesn't. You you couldn't give in to your worst impulses of a director. You had to fit a predetermined runtime. No one seems to care anymore. And so now it's like, well, we want to do 20 minutes of a party that does no, that goes nowhere and offers nothing to the plot and doesn't really tell you anything about the characters. They're just there doing stuff. And it's like, I, why? Why is this needed in the movie? But there it is. And that's how you get the two, you know, over two hours. So this is yet another bloated mess. <clears throat> the best parts about this movie are him trying to crack the safe, of which there are two or three scenes. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, is contrived, stupid, flat, in that order. <laughs> um, I, nobody here gives more than like a generic action movie performance. There's nothing memorable that I I couldn't tell you about a moment of dialogue or a performance in this. And something these are things I key into. You know, like I'll share them in our chat. I'll talk about them on Twitter. Like somebody says something, or or there's a there's an interaction that that hits me i'll usually share it before we even talk about it in the movie or during one of these movie reviews i was bored due to the lack of dynamic performances or you know dynamic dialogue it was just kind of blah generic get us to the safe you know we got to get the kids to the mall kind of stuff i was like uh, okay and since nobody in this movie has anything beyond competent acting charisma I didn't care about them either. So all there's left is the safe cracking. And my last criticism about this movie, and this is sort of a generic complaint about movies these days. I watched a lot of TV and movies over the past week because I have shit tons of podcasts to do this week. Uh, Between the end of last week and this week, I've just had a lot of, we did a lot of TV reviews which require more time. Um, And and we have a lot of movies to review over the course of the next week. These have been two of them. And... I, I was noticing a trend in a lot of what I watched, which this one is very guilty of, of people. This will come up again on Tuesday when we talk about lock and key. Boy, will this, it. This lazy uh, dialogue writing of someone yelling, stop, don't, and thinking that's going to be effective. And then the and on the occasion that you can make the argument that that character might do that when, you know, in they're in the moment and they have and they don't know what else to think or say or do. Okay, when I see it everywhere, and, and it's being portrayed as having been as supposed to be effective, not the person just reacting, you know, and not having any way to control the situation. That would be one thing, but every single time it's done is as if someone yelling "stop," they actually think is going to work. This happened so much in this movie and so and so much in Lock and Key and in so many other places. It was driving me insane over the past week. I um and Boy, that that last are, go ahead. We're gonna have fun on Tuesday when we get to talk uh, you, lock you, and key. You call it fun. I call it uh, I'm gonna need alcohol again or grape look, 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 um, we suffered watching <laughs> that this season of television. I'm going to take whatever pleasure I can in eviscerating it as graphically as possible. So the final the final uh, sequence where so this guy has committed a crime. He has aided and abetted in the act of robbing people. By uh, he, he's done a lot his list of crimes at this point is quite long. Meanwhile, there's this cop chasing um the the, the woman who reminds me of Zazie Beats but isn't Zazie Beats. She's the, the British gal from the, fa- from the last couple of Fast and the Furious movies. I believe Natalie Emmanuel. Yeah, you are correct. 
like um, so you know so besides Zazzy beats it, you know he's been chasing her <laughs> um you know all around the world and he finally has her cornered and she says something so stupid i wanted to throw his shoe at my television <laughs> which is i if if you let the guy i just met with the fun hair and the safe cracking abilities go i'll give myself up and this asshole cop goes okay and i'm like there's no first of all where was his backup this is sometimes i just i know like ronnie's like it's a movie get over it but some of this stuff just stretches such credibility there are some things yes yeah i I get it i get it anytime the lone cop winds up standing off with somebody right for a prolonged period of time unless the cop has very visibly and we all know that they've now broken the law or that they've like really These gone off the known deep end. international criminals that have caused, caused public destruction th- via car chase. There's and they've killed cops. There's no fucking way he shows up at the you know at the end with them on the pier by himself. Not for as yeah. long as that scene was because maybe he gets there first. But you know SWAT shows up, helicopters show up. This is ridiculous beyond imagination. And I don't and people listening going, it's a movie. Okay, but then why not have Bugs Bunny show up and dig them a hole so they can go to Albuquerque if you're going to be that way about it? Listen, what, you know, I, this is not the first been time you've manifested something like this into existence. Shut your <laughs> mouth. Don't do this. <laughs> Look, one that would have been better. <laughs> I just now got what you were telling me, Ronnie. <laughs> Two. Uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, two, Mark, this is your fault. Oh, okay. Oh, explain. Well, not you, not necessarily you personally, but for how many years have you advocated for the path to be on the path that has led us to this? I see what you're saying, but I feel like I had help. Again, again, let me be clear. When I say you, I am now lumping the sum total of the cinematic marketplace onto mm-hmm. you because you represent the average fan. It's fair, and I am, and I am well aware that that is not. That is not you, you personally, and I do not have a voodoo doll of you that I stick pins <laughs> into for the general course. That's of, a lie. Oh, the, I forgot to send it to you. I'm sorry. For about the general trend of the cinematic <laughs> experience, the schedule is a different matter. Um, so I blame, just... chi- look, I blame China for the general trend in cinema these days. Yeah, really. Uh, just, so just my, my closing remarks, because I got sidetracked by the lack of police in a situation where there would have been let's really? put it this way if you go to serve a warrant there are more police that show up at your house than that's at the end of this film don't give me this bullshit that goes on here anyway <laughs> but she's like let him go and i'll give myself up you know what would have happened 30 seconds later had she not put that gun down they'd have both been dead he'd well have, he'd at least shot he'd at least shot not zazzy beats and then the other guy would have been like, well, I could either jump into the water. She or, has a name. <laughs> or, or I could just or I could just give up. And he could have given up and been marched off to prison. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's just... It is. It's a stupid scene. It, mm-hmm. It's a really, really bad finale to this particular movie. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so... I, for the record, there's a bit of writing in this movie that I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. When they rob the first bank, the credit union, yeah, and their whole setup for this is, hey, you know that you know those height they're trying to calm uh, Eddie Redmayne mm. down. <laughs> no, he's not Eddie Redmayne. Just like she's not Zazie Beats. Okay, so 
what, what what's the joke here? The uh, the Chris the Chris Tucker to Eddie Murphy comparison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, when they're trying to calm him down about robbing the place, and they go, you know, in those heist movies when they, when everything goes in a montage format about that mm-hmm. job, and then yeah, and then something goes long goes wrong along the way. Yeah, nothing's gonna go wrong along the way. They then present the robbery in that format. Mm-hmm. cut back to the van and he goes there's no way it's that easy like, it's already done man look <laughs> right like I, I i genuinely got a kick out of that i thought oh, yeah, that was sure, i enjoyed that there are, are there are enjoyable bits to this it's just it's kind of like your favorite part of a salad but the rest of it you give to the dog yeah th- there's a lot of that with this movie this thing badly needed Kill refining dog. yeah yeah like you pick out the parts of the like the bacon bits and maybe the cherry tomatoes but the rest of it you just kind of throw on the floor and let the dog eat Oh, I wouldn't know. Go on. Uh, Hang on, we'll come back to you, Ronnie. Let let him finish. Um, I'm with you about the safe cracking being the most interesting visually. Uh, it's just I think it's a shame they didn't actually go into a bit more of the detail about about the. And you can make this interesting, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. If you present some of the mechanical challenges, uh that can be interesting instead they just settle for well this one has six of these particular dials and the possible combinations are so large <laughs> okay i know how i know how ma- the combination uh, the combination of math here works i get that why is this so difficult and they don't actually go into the safety precautions some of the fail safe mechanisms like this stuff can be made can be presented in an interesting fashion I present to you as evidence of this particular claim, the remake of the Italian job, which has a mountain of problems with it in many respects, not the least yeah, of which is movie star- that Sean and I reviewed in the archives, not the least of which is starring Mark Wahlberg, which is its own kettle of fish. But in the finale sequence, when Charlize Theron is cracking the safe in question, it's not the safe she's been practicing on. And as she drills into it to try and get, uh, a hole for a fiber optic piece to go through. She cracks the glass pane that is behind the door that if you break, locks the safe and you can't open it unless you have like a blow torch, at which point the heat would destroy everything inside. And as she's drilling in, like, like her just saying, this is the difference, ratchets up the tension. When she starts drilling in and she kind of feels slash hears a crack, but not a break and she has to stop drilling, this is a moment of tension. This is something interesting. This is a complication to the plot. While we have stuff that is visually stimulating here about Sebastian idly rotating the tumblers, <laughs> there's not a lot else to it that we can understand mechanically, and I think that's a missed opportunity. If anyone's willing to buy it, if anyone's already willing to sit through this movie, you're not going to turn them off if you do a bit of extra legwork and a little bit of stretching yourself as a writer to craft how these things are difficult to crack. The second safe, I think is more of what you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe as a total viewing experience, you're right. But I think specifically the second safe where he goofs and the, the knobs then mm-hmm. disappear and he acknowledges that he messed up. And if he messes up again, then that's it. The thing's locked forever, sort of blowing it up, um, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, I needed something more like that, especially for the last safe. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't have it, they decided that our tension mechanism is going to be it's on the back of a truck. And he has to do it while we're driving around. Like that's that's the cheapest of cheap excitement attention in theory. So, 
Ronnie, last word on this, and then we'll move on. I never thought that two simple words <clears throat> would ever aggravate me as much as they do now as don't stop. <laughs> stop, don't. Stop, don't, yeah. The only reason now is because I, I truly do hate this movie and I will not watch it again because of that. <laughs> um, I go, I, I, I play different sorts of games and, you know, um, there is a small child that is brought sometimes to the game shop who wrecks shop, in other words, of just grabbing things and mm -hmm. breaking things while no one is watching. And the only thing you hear is stop, don't. Come back. Quit, no touch. And that's all I can see now when I watch this movie. Before we move into our fi the final segment of this podcast and then close out for the night, I just want to remind everybody we are giving away a free 30 days of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. So if you like the opera, the Wagner, in uh, this movie... I I assume that the, the relevant operas are on Amazon Music, but I might be mistaken about that. Every opera is on Amazon Music. There's like yes. 70 zillion songs on Nice. There. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're into the opera, uh, if you're into the rock opera, if you're into the metal opera, if you're into the Avantasia... If you're into the Opeth, if you're into the Otep, you can find it all on AmazonMusic.com. That's get Am Look, you're not Chris Bailey. You know some of these are real bands. Um, get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network uh, to get your free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. And with that, our final Rotten Tomatoes bit of the evening. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 So this one's obviously a bit more even. Uh, the critics liked it just about as much as the audience did. And both, you know, are pretty high. So, I mean... Given I'm a bit surprised that the I'm a little bit surprised that the critics were up in the 70s. That seems generous. Uh, critical consensus is Army of Thieves doesn't reinvent the heist thriller, but director Matt, Matthias Schweighofer proves an appealing presence on both sides of the camera. Alrighty. Okay, I can at least that's at least a, a a synopsis of the critical consensus that makes sense, unlike the previous one we discussed. Alan Adams of the Main Edge. <laughs> Army of Thieves is weird, a prequel to a zombie heist movie that opts to focus on the latter part of the descriptor rather than the former. Light and fast-paced, funny when it needs to be, but unhesitant to get dark. Hmm. How did this get dark again? Like, yeah, I, I'm I, not I, sure that's accurate. I mean, I get that you live in Maine, and your, pro your mere proximity to Stephen King might twist things a little bit for you, but okay, that, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to read the same guy twice, but I kind of have to. And now I'm making it my goal to do whatever it need, we need to do to, to meet the criteria, the minimum criteria. I don't, I don't care about watch. I mean, I do, but not, not enough to make a point of it about listens and likes and watches, but I just want enough now to be able to get on Rotten Tomatoes because if this guy is on Rotten Tomatoes, we need to be, this is fucking ridiculous. Kevin Carr, a fat guy at the movies, which, by the way, it's not as if fat neckbeards don't get enough of a bad rap. 
in the movie review business. This guy might as well be on a flag. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there was ever you, a big... you, want, you, you guys want to make him your mascot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there was ever a big call for this guy to get his own movie, but there it's entirely, wasn't. But it's entirely enjoyable and works as a heist movie. Yeah. So look, I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag somebody publicly, but there are definitely people whose takes on movies that I've talked to of late that seem to have a very surface level elementary ability to dig into a movie. Like, like it is literally like they're passing themselves off as film reviewers, but really they are just people who saw a movie and felt the need to talk about it publicly. Fat guy at the Kevin Carr, fat guy at the movies is that avatar. <laughs> yeah. He is the public discourse manifest. Yes. Perfectly well said. But then, of course, there's Robert W. Butler of Butler Cinema Scene. No, I'm not going to do it for this guy. It's just fun. That's a shit review. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I, that, that's kind of what I say. I, I, I'm, look, I don't object to you saying that you had fun at a movie. I really don't. It can be an important part of your review. That shouldn't be your pullout piece. That shouldn't be your stinger. That's true. And no. it really shouldn't be the sum total of what you offer to the critical consensus, because at that point, you say it's just fun. I say it's a bore. And what are we talking about? John Sherber of Decider. Again, I, I wish I didn't have to read the same people twice, but they suck well, that look, much. If, they're, if these idiots keep cropping up, it's on them. Army of Thieves is like an Ocean's Eleven movie crossed with Hot Fuzz minus any inspired ideas. Yes, but did you watch? Have you seen Wait. any other movies besides Ocean's Eleven in the heist genre? For fuck's sake! Yeah, that's a the lack of appreciation for the genre by some of these idiots. Like they googled heist films and came and just used the first one that came up, which ironically enough isn't the score. Dan Jackson of Thrillist. Most of the fun stays hidden inside a vault. You feel good about <laughs> yourself, buddy. <laughs> Like you, you, pr you proud of that sentence? So I feel the need to make a statement because if anyone you know <laughs> listens to this, it's like, oh God, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if our, if us are doing this, like, gets shared around and kind of has that, um, oh God, what was this YouTube series that? It might have been like Honest Trailers, or whatever, where somebody from one of the Marvel movie guys was like. Yeah, we didn't want to be dragged through an honest trailer or there's something wrong with. We tried to make the movie as like anti that as possible. And it might have been honest trailer at the time. Okay. Um, and I th and I think they were talking about Winter Soldier. But in any case, there there was a point where someone's someone directed an actual feature film with a big budget for Marvel and was very much afraid of a YouTube channel and what they would do to it. And so they made sure they went over the script with a fine-tooth comb to avoid like major plot holes and things that could be made fun of. And I do wonder if people, if like, like there's somebody out there in the critic verse that's like, there's these guys that read like Rotten Tomato excerpts. Just like the way to avoid being read by them, don't put puns in. <laughs> They're just mean. How about you just do your job? Eh? <laughs> I, think, I think the big one that we're always making fun of is the ones that do like this movie, you know, is has a food has food as a backdrop. So also it's just a bunch of like food puns in their review. Yeah, or, we read those or, people and lambast them all the time. 
Or, yeah, uh, they just decide that everything has to be a food metaphor. Yeah, it's the laziest hack writing. Right, and we we bag on it every single time. And I'm just wondering, like, to avoid being lambasted on damn you Hollywood by these two I, You know what? I hope. (laughs) I really hope. I mean, that's a badge of honor, really. Yeah, I know. I would sell... I would sell this show as that. <laughs> uh, improving criticism by dragging one critic at a time. Public I'd, I'd watch that show. Uh, well, I mean, shaming do, all, public shaming always works, right? Yeah. Mariana Neal of Impression Blend. A fun, light thriller with a good amount of heart and humor. There's nothing light about a movie with a two-hour runtime. I'm That's sorry. That's also generic. You could have slapped that on any you could have slapped that on a bar of soap for all we you know know what I'm you're talking about. Pretty sure somebody did. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like, why I bought my dial. That's your that's your copy paste review, yeah. isn't it? Um Clarice. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> Lawfrey of the Independent UK, top critic. The film ends up feeling largely devoid of personality. It has more personality than Red Notice. It really does. Like, look, for all the flaws that this movie has, there's a very clear directorial and cinematic style to it. (laughs) Calamar. Red Notice is a hot, from a directorial style, Red Notice is a hodgepodge of like bad Spielberg and a little bit of, oh, God, why am I blanking? I forget why I'm blanking on that director's name. I had it for a long time. But it, it's like this one at least has a bit of its own identity when it comes to style. Uh, Red Notice didn't. Josh Wilding of comicbookmovie.com. Army of Thieves doesn't subvert enough of its tropes to reinvent oh, the ice God. <laughs> But Matthias uh, Schweighofer's incredible work both behind and in front of the camera helped ensure this Army of the Dead people should not be overlooked. I want my expectations subverted. Wah. Then <laughs> you're one of those people who complained about The Last Jedi subverting your expectations, aren't you? Uh, Richard Krause or Richard Krause. Self-employed loser. Thank you. <laughs> this one has a lighter touch than Army of the Dead. There's some romance and no brain eating. And no brain eating. It plays more like a riff on Ocean's Eleven, the only movie any of these people ever saw in the high genre. I defy any of these idiots <laughs> to compare this to a heist movie other than Ocean's Eleven. I genuinely do. Or The Italian Job. That's another big one I'm, I'm seeing here. No, no, no. I, I'll accept The Italian Job. It actually has, because I think there's actually some commonality there. But the fact that so many of these idiots are just... Again, you googled list of heist movies, and half of you landed on, the, half of you landed on Ocean's Eleven, the other half landed on The Italian Job. Um, Travis Hobson of Punch Drunk Critics. You're about to be punched something. Army of Thieves is a propulsive, high-energy film that makes Dieter a more interesting, unlikely hero. Okay, none of that is true. This is not a high-energy film. Uh, Look, in fairness to the movie, when it chooses to go that direction, it kind of can. I mean, look, his... uh, Sebastian's escape sequence after he gets dumped by the rest of the crew... Mm-hmm. moderately interesting and amusing sure uh, like what uh even even brad's uh like one man storming of the bank mm-hmm. which was which is hilariously unable to ever happen like that in real life i mean utterly devoid of reality but it's at least somewhat watchable um 
I shut the page, but last one, just because I really wanted to read this, but then we got to get going. Uh, Callum Marsh of the New York Times, top critic. The former newspaper. Thank you. A winking attitude doesn't make the extremely tired formula any less rote or tiresome. <sighs> yeah, we all. I just look, buddy, I told you we all watched that episode of Rick and Morty. Good for you. All right, folks, that's our review of Red Notice and Army of Thieves. Um, we are on all the podcasters, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Amazon, wherever you can listen to a podcast. We are there. W2M net. Uh, punch it into your podcast catcher and you will find us if you haven't already. We um, all of our video shows that we do, we do some that are some audio only. We have a lot of archive stuff from when I was on blog talk radio that gets re-aired, but anything new that's being produced except for metal hammer of doom is live streamed on YouTube and Twitch. So if you want to know what we're doing, you want to interact with the shows in the comments. We didn't have any tonight, but sometimes we do. There's a little heart button. If you're on Twitch down here Mm -hmm. below my finger, that's the follow button. Doesn't cost you any money. Click on so, it. Give us a follow. Um, get notified if, when we go live. If you're into watching podcasts on YouTube, uh, we're there. Subscribe. We drop we drop multiple shows a day, given <laughs> that there are multiple people on the W2M. We have the guys that do soccer and football. We have um, people that talk anime. We have a wrestling show. Plus, I review wrestling events in addition to movies, TV shows, and heavy metal albums. So, um, so just you know, check it out. We uh, all the big hit movies we do. We just did Eternals. We did Venom. Um, we, you know, sometimes we do a lot of the streaming movies. That's what the triple features are for. Uh, there's a there's a new show every day and an old show and a blue show. So you know, check it out and you'll get all of them into your feed. You'll know when things are dropping. You'll know when we go live. If you want to interact with us, um, we are welcome to do that. Uh, the one thing I will plug for those of you that are into boxing this Saturday, myself and Daniel Lasby. We'll be doing a live stream for the Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter pay-per-view. So if you're into boxing and you want to watch and you want to check us, check out our alternative commentary for that. Uh, that'll be live when the paper, when the um, main event starts on November, Saturday, November 20th. Um, that's it. That's all I got for now. Ronnie, go ahead. Hey, I got a, a, a Twitch channel. It's there in my name twitch.tv slash misfits and miscreants we have an actual play um D D game going every every other week we just had a show last night uh, we got started kind of late because i went to ren festival and apparently everybody went to this week uh this weekend and we didn't get out of the parking lot until an hour later <laughs> than we when we started uh but anyway uh every other week we're playing rhyme of the frost maiden it's been really cool it's it's a lot of fun uh, we are currently uh, on a missing a week because of Thanksgiving. Then we'll be back. Uh, we also uh, I'm, have solidified plans on streaming more tabletop content, such as game uh, board games, Magic the Gathering, things like that. Uh, plus, uh, here soon, I'm going to drop a schedule of my big dumb head playing video games as well. Um, that's pretty much it, Robert. Just tell them where they can find your stuff, please. Uh, you can find my stuff on 411mania.com. I cover professional wrestling a few times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, AW, MLW, and WWE, respectively. I cover UFC events for 411mania.com uh, as well. That's the MMA zone. This last week, UFC on ESPN plus 55. This coming week, UFC on ESPN plus 56. I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast, which I'm going to record as soon as this wraps up. 
This will be a review of the last event, a preview of the next one. That's kind of how that show goes for the vast majority of the time. If you're interested at all, please give it a listen. I deeply appreciate all the support that you guys can throw my way in either written form or, again, the uh, audio-only format of the podcast. And this week, Mark and I will review Lock and Key, and we get to bring out the knives. I will review Lock and Key. Robert will stand on camera, pull out his dick and pee on it. I will look if that wouldn't get us banned on every platform. I would create a paper mache replica of that show, stab it repeatedly on camera, then urinate and defecate on it. Yep. And then you and if you would like to be notified when Robert will be commencing on being on lock and key, please like, comment, and subscribe. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Damn You Hollywood. I'm Mark. That's Robert. He's Ronnie Adams of the Screaming Boy Podcast. Be well. <laughs> <laughs> that's his christian that's, name <laughs> that's almost as bad as you saying that i'm gonna cover a demetrius andre fight be well be safe and behave why aren't the buttons working tonight